Go to have fun at church. Um, good morning. My name is Tibbs, uh, as Zuya said. Um, I'd like to invite two people with me on, on stage um, to share a bit of their testimony. Um, uh, Denzel and Tom. Um, yeah, there we go. Uh, obviously, this whole series is about plus one, how to share your testimony, your story of who Jesus is and what he's done in your life, and how to share that in your day-to-day life around. You know, no, come on stage. Um, in, yeah, two minutes each, eh? I'm te- if I hold your shoulder, you know you've gone past, one second past. <laughs> but sure, go for it. Good morning. My name is Tom. I just look like I'm in an AA meeting. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> so, you wonder why I'm here this morning. And it all started uh, on, when was it? On Friday, I think it was. No, Saturday. I got a message from Debs. That's you. Yes, correct. And it basically was telling me, of, um, well, telling me, he was asking me if I was prepared to do a testimony. And he did that by giving three items. And as you know, a good preach is always at three points. <laughs> And the thing was that I should do it in two minutes. Now, Mike has a different opinion about it. You should do it in one minute. So I will try. Um, The whole idea in these two minutes is to wake your appetite and make you aware what God can do through your life. So this will be a bullet type of story, a bullet point story, which would raise more questions than answers, I think. But that was the whole idea behind it. So um, in the life group at Hendrick's house on Friday evening, there was somebody that asked and said, how are you? And I always say, I'm fine. Now, Barbara, what was standing fine for? (laughs) (laughs) So feels a little bit embarrassed about it. Um, But here is the story, and it is not my story. It is his story. Because he wrote the book of my life. And I hope that you will be aware as well that he wrote the book of your life. And the first thing was, I was like this. Well, that was one of the points you made, right? I was like this. Well, it seems from that statement that I should be different from what I am now. But sorry. But I have been this way for a long, long time. Big nose, two big ears. Um, 
but I was brought up in a Christian family. So I don't have a story about dramatic kind of meeting Jesus. But I have loved the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, and what is within me. And I'm a simple guy, but he found me. And um, and Jesus had a plan and a purpose. I always have been aware of that in my life. And I didn't hear a voice from heaven. I didn't saw a burning, bu- burning bush. Um, but here I am, serving the Lord in Africa. With my family for 10 years in Tanzania first as a missionary pilot. And then I was asked to come down to South Africa to do the same. And here I am, serving him, because that is the purpose of my life. Recently, he extended my life, and he has done that a couple of times. But he extended my life for 10 to 15 years. And I said to the doctor the other day, I said, well, if he gives me another 10 or 15 years, I will take it. The third thing was, now I'm like this. Well, I'm still the same. I haven't changed. And I hope to stay the same, following him with all my heart and with all my mind. So I'm still fine, Barbara. (laughs) But for me, fine is meaning something else. Fine is follow me, said Jesus, follow him. I for inquiring what his will is for my or your life. Never say never to God and expect a blessing. Because the safest place and the best place to be is in the center of his will. Amen. Um, welcome, everyone. Uh, my name is Denzel, if you don't know me. Uh, okay, my testimony is everything what Tom said. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> I'm only joking. Sorry. <laughs> when, when Tabs called me and said, you know what, Denzel, uh, do you want to share? And I was like, yes, yes, pick me. But wow, it's when you stand in front, it's a different kind of scenery. But anyway, just, just to give you guys a, a, bit, of a, a bit of an outline, uh, Many years ago, at the age of 15 or 16, I, well, we come from, a, we call it a different tribe, and uh, we, we, it, is, it, is, it is really, you know, I come from, from, a, from a background where, you know, we believed in idols and a whole Hulk jam, and then I was totally against it from the time I was small. I always was that rebellious guy, rebelling against this whole concept, and I decided to basically give up everything, not even believe in God. And uh, at the age of 15, I was a young man trying to find, find myself. Wow, God found me. <laughs> While I'm busy, I was in this journey. God said, you come to me. And there was a number of different people that God sent to help me. You know, the Bible teaches us that and Jesus spoke to his disciples. He says, go and tell them the ministry of God. And, they, and his disciples asked him, he said, but how many times should we tell them? He said, three times. And dust your feet and walk away. But God... God doesn't leave us. He doesn't only give us three times. He gives us many, many chances. 
So I met Jesus at a very young age, the first in my family, and I decided this is love. And Jesus met me, and when I met Jesus, there was no greater love. Love has a name, and the name is Jesus. And uh, obviously, I met my beautiful wife. I had kids, and uh, our journey started. And fast forward, after many, many years, we, like, you know, Craig always asks, what, what brought us to Centurion? And, uh, well, it was a job, uh, a job opportunity, and we decided, and then we, and obviously I Googled the church, because that's the first, first step, you find family, and uh, came to Grace Cove. Wow, Jesus has a name. Smiles everywhere, met Numzanya, <laughs> I met Salvin, I met a lot of good people, and... Uh, Home, home. But exactly what Tom, Tom is saying is that there's no greater love than the love of Jesus. John 3.16, For I so loved the world that I gave my only begotten Son, that who shall ever believe it in me shall have everlasting life. You know that life is so amazing. Me and my wife and my children, we experience it on a daily basis. Miracles upon miracles. Testimony, we can sit here till, till time. We won't have enough time to tell of this wonderful love of Jesus. But through our smiles and through our, the love that God has invested in us, that's what we got to share. And that's how we can also reach our plus one. But we all love him for Jesus, and I love him, and we all love him amazingly. Thank you. It's amazing stories. Um, you've got a story. I've got a story. Um, you might hear a bit of my story um, debating on... How much to share and how much not to share. Good seeing you, Kim. It's really good to have you guys here. Um, yeah, you guys belong. Just um, you can hear a bit of my story, um, and I hope you understand how this works. I've probably mentioned it before, but. Standing up here is, this is what God has done in and through me. Um, this is what I've done opening this Bible. This is who I believe God is. It's not having it all together, but it's pointing to him and saying, this is what he's done in and through me. This is what my time with him looks like. This is what he's challenging me with. I don't have it all together, I say it every time. But I hope you see something of Jesus within me as I stand here and share, as whoever stands here and shares. So we're going through, who's your your plus one? Uh, We've been, this is the fourth week. The first week was, is God real? Uh, And this, we looked at how do you come to faith? Um, What about your doubts? Uh, The logical evidence of God's existence. Um, week two, can I believe in God? This is about like how perfect the earth is just like in place. Distance from the sun, from you know, like gravity, everything just put together. And Micah did well of just ex- breaking that up and just saying like everything is held together by something. Can I believe in God? Last week, what about suffering? And we saw that like we go through things, but we can look through all of that and see what God is doing. We can look past 
our challenging times. We won't promise an easy life, but we can use our story to impact someone else. Is there God if there is suffering on this earth? Well, you've got to have something that tells you that what we have is wrong. You've got to have a base. And we looked at that last week. This week here, we're going to look at, can I know him? Can I know God? And that's almost on a personal level. Uh, I've preached some of this a couple of years back um, because it's nothing new. It's something that I remind myself continuously again and again. Something I look at over and over again because I remind myself and the truth is the truth. That never changes. First one, Revelation 3 verse 20 says, Here I am. And this is, I stand at the door and knock. Now, if some of you have been at my house, I've often told you, do not knock when you come to my door. I've got three dogs and they lose their mind when you knock. When you come in, it's almost like, ah, one of us, pull in. But when you knock, they somehow know it's a guest. And so, Andrew, stop knocking at my door. Um, Here I stand at the knock in the door. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, it's obviously a guest that will knock at the door. I will come in and eat with that person. That person becomes a guest. Hello? It's an invited guest. If I stand at the door and knock and you welcome me in, invited guest, I will come in I'll eat with that person and they with me. Galatians 2 verse 20, and this is Paul writing, says, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. If you know anything about Paul, he was probably the, 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 when Denzel stood here, I was like, yo, maybe he should be preaching. He's like dressed really smart. But I was just saying like, he was probably the, 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 when you looked at him, you thought that's a man of God. But he persecuted Christians. You and I following law, are thinking this is it. Trying to be righteous, thinking that this is the way to do it. His works would get him. And he says, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The old me has died. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for it is righteousness. For if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. If all he did beforehand was how he gained righteousness, then Christ died for nothing. If you and I can do things to become right, if you and I go to church every Sunday to become right, if you and I attend life group every week to become right, if you and I attend a prayer meeting every once a month, that we as a church to get together, I'll become right. If you and I uh, get up in the morning on our knees, pray, before we go to bed, pray, then we become right. Then Christ died for nothing. Paul knows this. He spent his whole life chasing you and I, today's Christians. Because we weren't doing it right. And he says, that Paul has died. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And if anything I do is what gains me righteousness before him, then Christ on the cross dying 
was for nothing. We just celebrated that. It's everything he did. Ephesians 2, verse 4 to 5. Paul again. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, it is by grace you and I have been saved. Can I pray for us? Jesus, I thank you for who you are. Um, I pray that we would get to see you this morning. Um, I pray that we don't think we need to be any specific way to be seen by you, but that you have finished the work and all we do is walk into it. Jesus, I pray that you would speak through me, you would speak directly to hearts, you would even challenge me as I speak. Pray for lunch, that would be amazing as well. Amen. (laughs) So, I don't know if uh, any of you have driven down to Nisnam from Joburg. Many years ago, yes, yeah, so you guys know Many years ago, I did that with a couple of friends of mine because we loved doing trips, and uh, we thought we were cool. Um, so we took a little golf that I had many years ago, um, and uh, the couple of hours, like I think it's 13 or 12 or 13 hours, uh, the whole trip was really amazing. Really. Well, actually, most of it, 90% of the trip was amazing. We had lots of fun. Like, all the stops, jams, music, man, we were having a blast. Then there's this little section. Well, you can go the long way around or shortcut. Now, I think we had been driving for over 10 hours and GPS to me made no sense why I had to go that way. And there was a shortcut. Double up. Smart. Consensus in the car. Lads, let's go the short way. We, like, that's crazy. Who would do that? Tall gates, petrol, There's time. Let's go take the short route. So we, in our great wisdom, took the short route. Now, I don't know if you've ever done that as well, but like, there's a reason why it doesn't take you through there. We think we have bad potholes here. They had no roads. There was like, it was like mountainry, like a little drop off. What's it, gorge or that ravine stuff? English. Like, it was just bad. This car was rattling for the next hour through all the little bumps. And halfway through it, we thought, should we turn back and, like, follow GPS? Because the reason why it told us to go around, or should we just keep going? Like, it made no sense. Initially, we didn't see that. So we were like, why, what, like, why would it want us to go all the way around? Actually, this is smarter. It makes sense. Until we got in, and we were too deep in. Do we go back? Because it's, we, we know what we've what we've driven, like where we've come from, and that's better to go back, or do we just carry on because we're like, we're halfway. Like, hey, we're in it. Like, let's just keep going. We eventually did. But I can tell you to this day, years later, I've never taken that route again. Never. Like, it, 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 it didn't look right. It didn't make sense. But there was a reason why the route went around. It probably would have been quicker as well. 
If we look at Mark 15 verse 6 to 15, we see the story of Jesus going to the cross. Now, he comes before Pontius Pilate and uh, he's obviously been arrested already. Um, everything about the story makes sense. Like if we read it, we're like, yes, Jesus is going to go die for us, all of that. I mean, for us today, looking back, comes before Pontius Pilate and he's like, um, or Pilate's asking him questions and whatnot, and Jesus is just like quiet, like giving it back. Like, mm. And Pilate says, hey, like, don't you know that I hold the keys? Like, I could life and death, like... It's my choice whether you live or not. Like, bro, answer my questions. Jesus responds and says, it's not you. You only have that because my father gives it to you. Pilate's like, oh, okay, okay. Tell you what, like, on a holy day, I often give the Jews a prisoner. But because his wife had dream before, do not have nothing to do with this Nazarene. It's like, I don't want to make the call. But like, well, like, they all, like what do we, okay, cool. I'll let one of them go. I'm sure they're going to choose Jesus. Just makes sense. Just makes sense. So it's like, I'm going to take the worst of the worst. This guy named Barabbas shows up. Now Barabbas, we know nothing about him besides that he was a murderer, thief, a thug, skebenga. He's the guy that stole your bin outside, your gate motor. He's just like that guy, a rebel. He's just like a nuisance. He comes up on one side. Jesus, son of God, who's done nothing on the other side. Pilate right in the middle says, okay, 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 cool. You guys choose. Who do you want to go free? I mean, it's an easy choice. Jesus, son of God, who's done nothing besides healing people. Bringing them into family. He's done nothing wrong. Barabbas. The pest. The guy that kept stealing their bread. Or whatever. Like, they could never leave their washing outside. You know what I mean? Obviously, you're not going to want that guy back. Who do you want? And they choose Barabbas. It's not shouting. Barabbas. Barabbas. We want Barabbas. Give us Barabbas. It makes no sense. And Barabbas is standing there. Come on, my people love me. Yeah, right. They want me back. I'm coming for your washing. (laughs) My people love me. I don't know who this Jesus guy is, but my people love me. And his chains fall off and he's like, excited. Good luck. Jesus stands silent. Knowing that the father will have to treat him like Barabbas. So that Barabbas would get what Jesus deserved. Barabbas doesn't even acknowledge Jesus. doesn't even say, thank you. Thank you, son of God. Thank you for what you've done on the cross. And he gets freedom. He's probably going to steal more washing. He's probably going to murder people. He's probably going to be a nuisance to the community. And he still gets freedom. 
Jesus still dies for the Barabbases of this earth. Even those who would never acknowledge the free gift. That's you and I. We're Barabbases in the story. Like, it makes no sense. Like, you could have skipped this whole part, God, and just like, gone to the cross. Like, why tell us a story? But if you put the next slide up, Jesus takes all that we deserved and we get to have what he deserved. I think there was an emphasis in that. It's not our works. Our works actually get us in prison, get us in tough points. Our actions get us in potholed, shortcut areas. It was my choice. Later on, we see because of that decision there, Jesus ends up on the cross. In Luke 23, verse 39 to 40, we see Jesus nailed to the cross, paying for the Barabbases of this world. It's funny, the name, of Bar- the name Barabbas means son of the father. How crazy. But it sits and stands on the cross, paying for us, and nailed to a tree. And then he has two scabangers again on either side who deserve, who actually, Barabbas, if you think about it, was meant to be in the middle cross. If we follow the story, possibly. Because it wasn't supposed to be Jesus. But because the Father had a bigger plan. It is Jesus. He's standing next to two, or not standing, but he's hanging on the cross next to two thieves. The one thief on the on other side starts mocking Jesus as, son of God. Hey, help yourself. Get yourself off the tree and get us, take us with you. Hey, the son of God, look at you. Not much of a savior, are you? Son of God, on the <laughs> funny guy. And then the other thief on the other end looks across and is like, "Hey, bro, hey, hey, like you and I deserve this. What we've done, the people we've killed, the stuff we've stolen, we, we deserve this. This man has done nothing wrong." And then he turns to Jesus and says, hey, Lord, remember me to get to your kingdom. That's all he says, remember me to get to your kingdom. Just acknowledges who Jesus is. Jesus on the middle cross. It's like, okay, but you're a thief, right? So, Tell you what, let's make a deal. You get all your Skavanga friends to come help us off here, then we have a deal. Then I'll remember you. That's a condition. If I read my Bible, it doesn't say that at all. God puts no conditions on what he needs to do for him to remember him in paradise 
remember me, you get to your kingdom. Today, you will be with me in paradise. What? Hello? He does nothing. I, I would probably be like, he needs a day of coming to church or something, worship or do, like, he's been a, he's been a nuisance the whole, like his whole life. Right at the end. Then he's like, okay, Jesus, that's unfair. I'm sure he had to do something. He's got to work for it. He's got to do something. He's got to come right. He's got to go to the, to the, to the, to, to the temple. He's got to do something. He's got to sacrifice something. He can't just be like, hey, Jesus, remember me. Jesus, okay, cool, come. That's all he does. And he gets paradise. Just by acknowledging the free gift of the perfect Savior. It's not your works. It's nothing you can do to become right with God. We had a, we had a worship equip. Uh, ah, goodness. Um, and I was, it was really good. But I was faced with some decisions that I made many years ago. That affected relationships that are still not restored today. I made those decisions. I can't. I can fight for my chains. I can fight for my chains. I can be the, the Barabbas who's being given freedom. And I can go back and say, no, 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 no. Like this, this, I deserve this. Like this is what I've got to be. I could easily yesterday say, no, I can't do this. I can't be the one like leaving and leaving the meeting because I'm still not right. I, I can hold on to my chains. I can fight for them. But Jesus has paid for them. And that's what I continue to remind myself in saying that that's paid for. Like I don't carry that. I don't know what you've done. I don't know if you think that you got to be perfect to walk through these doors. Or if you don't walk in these doors, you're not right with God. There's nothing you've done, nothing that you can do, nothing that you will do that will separate you from the love of the Father. All it is is accepting the finished work of the King. One day I hope that relationship will be restored. I'm a very relational guy. It's who I am. I carry relationships like that. One day, maybe that will be right. Because we do meetings together. We do, we're part of this thing called the NCMI. So we get together every now and then and uh, I see them. I can carry that. Or I can just believe that there's a God with a love so scandalous. So vast, so wide, so inclusive, so welcoming. That all I have to do is believe and accept what he's done. Leave my chains down. Tomorrow, 
And I get upset in traffic. I don't know what tomorrow holds. But I know someone who's paid for my tomorrow. And that's enough. Your marriage might be in trouble. I know someone who's paid for that marriage. Your kids might be skibangas. I know someone who's paid for them. He might have been busy last night with some activities. Probably land you up behind bars. I know someone who's paid for that. Hello. There's nothing you can do to become right with Jesus. Don't know what you come here with that you carry. Leave her at the foot of the cross. That's your story. If anything else, that's what you shout loudest. I was like, but because of God, but because of Jesus on the cross, I am like. It is no longer I who dies, but Christ who lives in me. The old me has been buried. We celebrated that this morning. John 14, 6 verse 7 says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. For now, you do know him and have seen him. How do I know God? Let's find Jesus. Just find Jesus. When you find Jesus, when you see Jesus. Why? Because he's standing at the door and he's knocking. He's already there. And you open. Invite him in. What is that action? Accepting. Remember me. That's the gospel. hard part is believing it. The hard part is just believing it. Because we still think that we've got to do stuff. This morning, I He's knocking on your door. I'd like to give you the opportunity to invite him in. Because it's that easy to know him. This is good for you coming in to church on a Sunday. Going to a life group is good for you. Praying is good for you because you get to know what's on his heart. Being in community is good for you, but it's not what saves you. 
I apologize if anyone has ever said to you that there's certain things that you've got to, hoops you've got to jump into to know Jesus, to become right, to become a Christian, to become a believer. Because when I read this every time, I see the love of a loving father who tries again and again and again to make a way for his people to become right with him. Because our efforts were not enough. You and I are no match for sin. But a king who is triumphant lives within. Every day we get to fight. Every day we get to live. Every day we get freedom. Finish work incredible Savior. If you're here today, uh, I'm always like close our eyes this, that, that, uh, something we celebrate. And if there isn't, great, thank you, Jesus. But if there's anyone here who says, I have never accepted this Jesus you speak of, Tibbs. Or if you like, and I still feel like I, 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 I need to do things to become right with God. This is my weekly get right with God. Please stop. Please stop. There's nothing you can do to become right with God by attending things, by doing chores and tasks. Just believe what he's done. Just believe what he's done. And that's it. When you get that, it's, it's, it continuously blows my mind and hence why I'm like, but God, how? Like, and then I show up in these meetings here, yeah, I'm like, ah, but and God, how? I get to preach how? Look up and I fall. Say up, but whatever. I like I look to him, and I see why. We come together. We celebrate. We remember why. So if that's you, if you don't mind just raising your hand, and again, it's not for me. It's just so that we can pray together. Um, I just want to celebrate with you. There's no one that's great, not hurt or touched by it. I'm just thankful that people know Jesus. So if that is you, you're wanting to be like, I still need to be right with my king. I want to be right with the man Tibbs is speaking about now, the man on the middle cross. The man who's paid for it all. The man who makes me right with God. The one who is God. The one who is in my tomorrow. If that is you, if you don't mind raising your hand. Come right. Right. Yeah, come on.
I just thank you, Kathy King. Father, in fact, I just equally want to be right with you continuously, Father. Uh, I pray even right now, God, you'd be doing incredible work in her, God. I pray just for an overflow of your presence, God. Overflow of your presence, Father. You are enough. Jesus, you are enough. I pray daily there'd be a weight lifted off of her shoulders, King. Daily, Father. King, I pray there'd be moments that you create with her that will shape her tomorrow. I pray for Moses kind of moments where be evident she's been with you. Presence come, King. Presence come, Father. Thank you, King. Yeah. Sure. I just want to say that I know that Jesus. I have known him for a long time. And I just wish that everybody would know him like I know him. That is why I put my hands up. And I lost my brother just a little while ago. And he died with the name of Jesus on his lips. I know where he is, and I praise our Lord for that. It has given our whole family, who are all believers, such peace. And just get to know him because he's there for you. He gives you that peace that one cannot understand. And I thank Jesus, and I thank you, Debs, for that. love it. Jesus, won't you be with us? Uh, I thank you that we know you. I pray that it doesn't stay that way. I pray for a boldness and a courage that people around us would know of this king. Pray even when we speak of plus ones, it wouldn't be bring them to church meetings, even though that might be good. But we'll be showing people the man in the middle cross who's paid for it all. I pray that freedom would reign in our relationships. Freedom would reign in our encounters with people at work. Freedom would reign in our varsities, in our schools. Freedom would reign over our sons and daughters, over our moms and dads, aunts, uncles. Freedom would reign because we get to know you. Pray for a boldness, a love like none other king. Pray for dreams and moments that we encounter you in your holy, precious, glorious name.